Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne on Global Voice Radio. Join Roxanne Durhage and her thought-provoking conversations, the catalyst to live your life to the fullest. Hi everyone, it's uh, Roxanne Durhage of Authentic Living with Roxanne. Thanks so much again for tuning in this week. Today I have a special guest that I recently uh, uh, came in contact with through another colleague. Uh, her name is Elena Chapman. Hi Elena, thanks for coming on today. So Elena is going to be coming up to Canada in, uh, it's going to be about four weeks now, um, where she'll be uh, one of our keynote speakers at the Authentic Connection Movement events. And we feel privileged that she's coming up um, from the Midwest, you know, to spend some time with us. Um, so Elena has done a lot of things in her career. So I'm just going to uh, tell you a little bit about her from a bio. I always say a bio is kind of flat, so I want Elena to add anything in that she thinks uh, she wants you to hear. So she's a mentor, a speaker, and a two-time international best-selling author. And she's the founder of the Savvy Sisterhood, which I'm curious to know a lot more about, Alina. Um, she's an expert with a clear understanding of what it takes to manifest a life of joy, love, and pure abundance, something that we're all looking for. Um, so Alina, is there anything that I missed from your bio? Now, this is just a mini bio. Is there anything that uh, you'd like to share with the listeners? Um, yeah, I've been coined the soul nurturer, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I, when I'm teaching, I'm teaching people how to control their thoughts, you know, their critical side, so that they can hear that very special place that Myla Angelou said, don't let anyone ever trod, you know, the place where our hopes, our dreams, our, our compassion, our, the real us, the inner us, the soul, the energy the divine energy, you can start to hear that and you can start to guide your life by it. And then you do become master manifestor. The right. soul nurturer. That's an, I really like that. Well, thank you. I yes. It, I really, I mean, just by hearing the term, I'm like, oh, that, that sounds like such a nice space. It is. It yeah. is a wonderful space. And I love getting people to that point. Mm -hmm. so tell so tell tell us about you tell us a bit about you and uh what got you to that space where you started to be a mentor ah uh -huh. well uh you want my story in other words huh sure whatever i mean obviously yeah. you're doing what you love i was watching a bit about on your pbs special today um, I was, yeah i was watching a bit of that and i got a bit of it i didn't watch a whole thing to be truthful yeah. but I, I i got some of it but i think it's you know it'd be it's a fascinating story for you to tell well yeah well it was you know i yeah, there was a time in my life I, in my marriage i was told you know i gave away all my power basically and a lot of us do that mm. and for me it was hard because my career was just really starting to take off when I got mm. married and he found it inconvenient mm. <laughs> and granted I did work when everyone else was not because I did music and you have to have people you know so uh I ended up giving up my career which kind of sent me into an identity crisis and then uh, I had kids and uh, I love my kids with all my heart mm -hmm. But even that wasn't, uh, he didn't even want me being the mom, really. 
Mm -hmm. He just wanted to be handy for him and whenever he wanted to go out or whatever. So it was a very boring existence. And for someone like me, I really got, um, I was really not happy. And when I decided to be happy, that caused him to be, you know, if you have one person who's happy and one person that's not, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There, there's going to be a problem if that one, neither one wants to see the other one's side. For years, I haven't seen his side, but he couldn't see mine. So it, it got me into, then um, I ended up getting a divorce. The divorce mm -hmm. was very long and hard, though. It was five mm -hmm. and a half years. Mm -hmm. And alongside of the divorce, I can't say it's linked to the divorce by any shape or the imagination. However, I was very severely bullied. On every single front. Believe uh, by believe by whom? That's what I can't tell you. Oh, you can't tell me. It's a it's a okay. You can't yeah, tell me. Yeah, well, I can't tell you what I think, and since I don't have the exact proof, the court well, the court wouldn't even hear it. Oh, so, you're kidding. Okay, so you can generally talk about it though, but you can't talk about it because about the events because I have proof of those. Right. Not talk about who did it. Okay. I do know that um, it was a very hard, hard, hard bullying. And it went on for about five and a half, six years. Wow. And so what happened, and it's funny, I met three other women around the United States who were getting the same kind. I used to think, is there a secret book? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that I don't know about somehow. Right. And uh, uh, it was funny, I messed up, and if it turned out, as I heard this, that those women lost everything. They mm. lost their families, they lost their, wow. their house on the hill, and they lost, they lost all the money, they lost everything, everything. Mm -hmm. And mm. I didn't, I didn't. I, I have my beautiful kids, I actually have them 24-7. I have my um, house. I have enough money to be able to support them and take care of them, plus what I make. It, it's, a, it's, it's just I was able to bloom. Mm -hmm. I was able to bloom. During that time, I was learning. You know, I, was, I did it because I knew I, I gained the tools. I learned how I understood about perception. I understood that I didn't want the no, 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 I'm just glad it wasn't mine. <laughs> oh my goodness. And you know, and I, I tell everybody, so I'm so sorry, everyone that's oh, listening. Don't worry, don't worry. So, <laughs> um, I always say to everybody, turn that off. Yeah. <laughs> I go. That's the first time it's happened since December. <laughs> oh, that's all right. No big deal. You know, I'm just like I said, I'm glad it's not So you me. said you learned you did obviously with these other women, you did something different. And you know, bullying, whether it's of a child, you know, in my in my career as you know, in different environments, I've I've actively seen bullying, um, you know, where it's happened in different work environments. You see you often see it with friendships, but with friendships, you know, you kind of see that. You can you can make a choice to maybe step away, but certain contexts you can't move away. No. Um, you know, even when my son was young, he had a bit of a bullying situation, and his dad and I had to go in. And and you know, if if we didn't get involved, you know, they were keeping him in from recess because he had finally said something that was inappropriate, and he was seven years old. Oh. You know, so then then when we uh, he said to me, well, mom. Uh, I won't really be seeing any kids today because you're keeping me in from lunch every day for a month. And I said, they are. I said, well, what happened? 
And then he proceeded to tell me and then his dad what happened. And, you know, they, they weren't making us aware. No, they don't. Right. Which, which, and they weren't going to teach him anything. Yeah. Right. And it does. And, and in our school, you know, as far as talking about kids getting bullied in the school, my kids are at, they even teach them that you um, have to remain the victim, Mm -hmm. but yet they don't do anything about it. Right. she had a client of mine, her kid was bullied from third grade to sixth grade. That's three mm. years before she found out. And she only found out because the kid finally snapped. And when the bullies were hurting another kid, he went in and beat them to a pulp. Mm. Snapped, of course, right? Right. And, uh, we have to learn that we can't allow the kids to stay a victim. If you and and just leave them to that 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 leaves that that's like tying their hands behind their back and Mm -hmm. say just stay that way you know what elena that good point right so here we are you know in the context of school we we believe that the school are going to keep our kids protected at workplaces we go out and you know we say well we accepted this job so therefore even in some kind of health and wellness companies you see and i've seen it in different i've been in lots of different sectors um, where I've seen it happen, right? Marriage, you know, marriage, absolutely. But then it's kind of like you know that you know it's kind of what is what is bullying and you know what is disagreements, right? Yeah. And oh, they're totally different. Absolutely. But again, in the general context of population, you know, you hear people talking about your things, and you think, oh no, 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 that's caustic. That's really, really bad. That's unacceptable behavior. Right. And I know I've been in some hospital environments in my, in my career where I've seen people, the bully be moved around yeah. because they didn't manage the behavior of the bully, but that bully just got moved and then started to do it all over again. See, it's not good. It's right. Not, and a bully is a bully. Right. So, so what, did you, what did you do different? When you met these other three women, I, I'm curious about yeah, that. I, did, yeah. I recognized, I felt like I was tossed into the twilight zone. Okay, and it was like I was living two worlds, and 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 the world of the bully in this circumstance. I'm going to switch that so you don't get so much light. The world of the bully is, um, you know, it's 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 like the garbage of society, mm-hmm. and it is um, a very horrid place where everybody is stabbing each other in the back. It's a it's it's the bottom feeders. Mm-hmm. It's the bottom feeders. And, and when you, I thought to myself, I don't want to be there. I don't, I don't like that life. And it really is a, a perception. If they can get you down there, you start getting paranoid. You start getting, um, doubting yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and, and really that was the purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and I decided that's not where I want to live. Mm-hmm. And so what I did was I took action. I didn't remain the victim. I protected our house. I educated my kids. I, um, I decided very strongly to form a very strong family unit among us, mm-hmm. a supportive, loving one. I decided what did uh, to focus on the divorce once I got things protected. And if a crisis came, I would address it, but I wasn't going to fall down into it. Right. And, right. and I, made, even, I even made a goal for the divorce, and that was for the betterment of all. Mm-hmm. I wanted that divorce to end in the betterment of all. And so everything I did was to keep the relationship with their dad, to, mm-hmm. to uh, keep my kids strong and let them feel supported and loved. 
and that um, their dad and I love them very much and that the family wasn't falling apart. I had to be capable and strong. And I was, certainly wasn't going to let the fear of these bullies affect my family. Mm-hmm. So I did everything I could with that. And um, it worked. It worked. So you, so you know what's interesting, right? Like I'm listening to your story. So really what you're, de- what you're talking about is resilience because what we know around depression is that when people get into a tough time, they, they, they move away, they disconnect, yeah. you know, they, you know, they kind of literally do this, but really what you're talking about is you're talking about coming towards, which is proven, yeah. proven in research over and over again. You know, even if we feel horrible that if we surround ourselves with people, even though we, we may be going through things kind of rote, if we surround ourselves with people that care for us and that are positive, um, we get through it versus if we isolate and kind of get into our heads, really what happens? I, I think I'm a bad person. I must've done something to, and then before you know it, what they say about the brain is that it has stickiness because it could find, Oh, I remember a time it happened here and then it happened here. Yeah. And then before you know it, I haven't left, you know, I haven't gotten out of my pajamas. <laughs> I haven't left, you know, I haven't left the, 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 you know, the bedroom for very long. And I'm wondering what happened. Well, I just lost two and a half hours. But yeah. what you're explaining is that, you did the opposite which is which is opening up coming towards which is fascinating that you could do that because i mean going through i've been through a divorce like you it's you know it's it's tough and you have children two on top of that so it's not like you were just dealing with one thing without the other you were dealing with both right i was dealing with both and and you know it took it took you know doing the gratefulness it's taking getting your sights higher knowing mm-hmm. where you want to be so what was that what was that vision give me give me the oh, aerial view of what you like i mean how many kids do you have elena i have three boys I three have, boys yeah three okay. boys and, and how uh, old were they at the time uh stevie was nine when we started and then uh james was seven and danny was five Wow, goodness. So I had one. And I can tell you that it took everything out of me to be able to kind of keep it all together, you know, just to make sure that everything was okay. But three, <laughs> you were multitasking at some. <laughs> well, you know, I, I made it, I set priorities. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, I wanted my kids to feel that we, the, you know, you know, the rugs being pulled out from under them on a normal divorce, let alone right. your mom being bullied all the time, and they suffer from it too. Of and course, with that, you, you they, that can shake up their world. So my whole thing was to show them that we were strong, united. And so mm-hmm. I would do little things, you know, like when they went to school and I knew they had a test, I would put little notes and cookies in their backpack saying, hey, <laughs> uh, "Go for it." Or yeah. Bring it lots or and then Friday yeah. we'd have pizza night and then movies and build a little cabin you know what I mean mm-hmm. I had lots of tents all over my house because I had a boys so I could imagine your floors you probably didn't see it for years yeah I in our house it was like okay there's okay is there a room around here I can use that there's not every cushion and every yeah. pillow that's propped away boys right with building yeah, but boys, you know it's, it's fascinating that you'd say that and what I also did is I did something um, that I, I think I learned from my parents when I was young is I threw myself a big birthday party every year. Oh, cool! And I also did the same for my son oh, every cool. single year to maintain tradition and invited everybody that was, you know, important in our lives around the roughest years, the first couple of years. And 
you know, now I think back, right? Even when I was going through it, I was surrounded by people that loved me right. and loved my son. And now I look back and I think, oh, what year was this, right? Like, I mean, it, they were good times, but yeah. it kind of almost, it, it gives you that little bit of a bridge to get through it right. because you're getting around people, you're laughing, you're joking, you know, even though you may not be feeling it on the inside all the time, no. but at least it was like you're maintaining consistency. So that sounds like you did those little things for your boys also. Always, constantly. And yeah. I let them help in the decision-making of our mm -hmm. new family. Yeah, I, and I, then me, I, I decided how was I, what was I, I thought about it. I thought, how do I want to end up, mm -hmm. and who do I want to be at the end of this divorce? And people right. should do that with every circumstance. Who do you want to be through the transition, and where you want to go, and and you've got to strive for that. And if you want to be a fearful person, then you'll be a fearful person. If you want to be a person who uh, is is feeling good and and accomplished and strong and starting on some adventure then that's the person you're going to be right but you have to concentrate on it and you have to start walking it it's just like going for your goal it's the same thing except you've got this chaos on the side mm -hmm. but if you protect mm -hmm. yourself from that first then or from any circumstance you know you have to look at your circumstance you have to look at what you're dealing with first now, when did you write your book? When you separated or did you write your books before you separated? I actually, um, I was journaling. That was one of my outlets. Okay, okay. And then I actually launched the book. The first book was um, right before, right before um, I was finished. Being mm. And then the second one was uh, about a year and a half later. Oh, okay, okay. Because I wrote mine um, within the first year of separating also okay you know so yeah, it's therapeutic yeah absolutely i just you know and i just wrote about what i knew which was i analyzed my own life because i thought you know a lot of people might see you or i on stage right and they they perceive that you know she's never been through anything i'm the one that is so upset i'm the one that's worried about my bills and and you know you, we've all been i know i've been there i can't speak for you oh. you're thinking how am i going to do this I have no vision now, you know, yeah, yeah. and, um, and so I, what I decided is that I thought, you know, I'm going to, what do I know? I know people, I know relationships. I've seen it from, you know, from all the way from frontline all the way up. And I thought, well, and I know I'm going through this major upheaval. So I'm going to analyze my own life from birth to um, middle age. And that's what I did, you know, so, and it's, it really allowed me to, to show people, we all go through stuff. It's what you do with what, what, what you have kind of thing. We all, everyone goes through things. And, it, and it's, it's kind of, I always say that's kind of the ego because the ego is usually three things. Defense, which that's what that is. Oh, she can't possibly understand what I'm going through. Right, that's right. Defense. It's attack and it's judgment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so if you understand that, then you'll understand what area you're coming from. But mm -hmm. if you admit that, you know, uh, no one who is up there speaking has had a flowery life. Mm -hmm. And the time that people ask why, why isn't there something better? Why is this happening? Why am I here where I am? The, it takes something to jolt them. If everything's nice and happily going along, mm -hmm. nobody asks any questions. It's right. when the, the floor fall, falls out from under us. 
right. that's when we ask the question. And that's where your, mo your biggest growth happens. That's the thing, yeah. right? Like, I mean, because I was, myself, I, my son was um, eight and he had just turned nine. And prior to that, my life was go, 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 go. I was traveling, I was consulting, you know, and all that stuff. And, um, and then things were progressively getting worse, but it's like anything else you think, okay, well, I'm just gonna, you know, figure it out here and hopefully it'll translate over here. And then I was kind of realizing, holy geez, I'm, I'm overcompensating here, but this is really kind of falling apart. And when I stopped was when I got a severance package, I stopped. And then I went, whoa, okay, this is really a lot worse than I thought here. Yeah. And then, you know, the universe dictated that I had to deal with what was right there um, at that point. And then like yourself, it's, it's unraveled. And then I ended up, you know, I walked away, no job. Oh, wow. And I, and I thought people, some my, you know, people have said to me, well, sh shouldn't you have waited? I said, well, that might've been the logical thing to do. <laughs> I said, but at the time that I did it, it, w it felt like, okay, like you said, my soul, had been dehydrated for so long that it said right, no right. more, right? right? And then, you know, um, and then you just, you figure it out as you go. So for any, for anybody listening, right? And they're, you know, and then they're probably down maybe, and they're, you know, maybe have been gone through other things that maybe we haven't even talked about and, and it's tough for them. What, what would, would you give to somebody like that, that may be listening to us and saying, you know, I, I don't even know how to kind of like get out of bed and brush my teeth and, you know, brush my hair kind of thing. What kind of things, what kind of guidance would you give them, Alina? Yeah. If, if someone is, well, if they're really, really depressed, they need to call a therapist. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, if you're sitting in that bed and you're just thinking, why even try? Mm -hmm. You have to find the why. For me, mm -hmm. it was my kids. Mm -hmm. And it, for me, it was also, I didn't want to be in that garbagey, awful world. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. Yeah. And you have to think to yourself, do I want to just stay in this position? Do I want to stay where I don't want to get out of bed? Mm -hmm. do, do, do I have to stay? And mm -hmm. I'm here to tell you right here, right now, no. Mm -hmm. You do not have to stay where it makes you miserable mm -hmm. and i know you're putting up that cynical side saying she doesn't understand oh my dears if you only knew mm -hmm. i so understand mm -hmm. and i'll tell you what it's starting to make that decision when i decided to become happy i had two times when this worked and i'll tell you the two times one time when i decided i wanted to be happy again and i found myself on a country road because I drive. If I'm bothered, I drive. I love the motion and the thinking. To me, that's a perfect combination. Wow. <laughs> so I'm driving and I'm thinking, and it's just, it's heaven. And I found myself on this country road and I pulled aside and I just thought, I yelled up at the universe. I said, I want to be happy again. I want to be happy. I want my happy life back and I want it back now. And I swear, the universe hears you. God hears you. Mm hmm and the next day I saw this little pamphlet book that said how to have a happy life. I'm not kidding. And, and a mentor started filling my life. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you when the universe starts applying it, don't go hiding back in your bed. You've got to step into it. or else. And, you, and you've had amazing from mentor. I mean, I know, I know, um, oh, yeah, Bob, Bob. Bob Proctor, yeah. 
that's all I know. And then I was hearing all the other people that you've been, yeah. I was like, wow. Like, yeah. so, so how did you come How did you get aligned? I mean, it's one thing to, you know, um, were you involved with them before or when you made the oh, shift? Up on my feed. I'll tell you when you want a teacher, they appear. If you're watching this and you need something, voila, folks. Yeah. On it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the other time I had something was um, one time I, I only had $200 on myself. That's it. And I remember I was walking down the street and there was this homeless lady. And um, she, <laughs> I gave her 20 bucks of my $200. <laughs> and then I thought, to, then I had this flash. I'm only a step away from her. Mm. Step away from her. Yeah. And I made a decision immediately. No, I'm not going there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's the decision is the key. So if you're sitting in your bed, you have to decide. First of all, you have to figure out why you're in your bed. Right. You know, sometimes we're not real with ourselves. We have to state where we're at. Mm -hmm, and once we mm -hmm. recognize it, I don't like my job. It's my kids are too much to handle. All right. Is this where I want to stay? Mm -hmm. No. All right. Then it's going to change. And that's all you have to decide. It's going to change. And then you get yourself up and you start your day. And you mm -hmm. either then start to make the change if you know how, but you also keep your eyes open. Because once you make a decision, I swear to God, you've got a whole universe up there. And I know that it sounds like Santa Claus, but it's not. They've got your back. They've got your back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you've got to know they've got your back and so when an opportunity comes in you take it and you grow mm -hmm. and then it pieces start to just come together you start the wheel and then the wheel grows as it goes downhill but you've got to make the decision without the decision nothing happens absolutely and like you said the signs start to appear right like a, you know i can think of something similar you know they talk a lot about tithing right i'd always heard about tithing and you do that when you go to church or whatever but you know i you know how often sometimes i make it sometimes i don't and likewise i also you know when it was a pretty tough time same kind of idea and i saw this lady and she was just outside of my little you know store out here and she was an older lady and it was an odd thing she didn't she came over she was really nicely dressed and she walked right up to me and she she opened her wallet and she says do you have some money and now this woman does not look, you know, like she's underprivileged in any way. She said, I was going to the church and they were closed because I was supposed to get some money from them because my check wasn't going to come. And it just felt like an odd story. Yeah. I, oh, I think I, I, like you, I think I had, you know, probably $20 on me and that's all I had in my wallet at that. And I picked it out and I gave it to her. And it's sometimes those kinds of things that happen to you and you wonder like, why? Like, I mean... You know, it happens and then you give and then something comes back that it may not be the, the you know, another $20 bill, but it comes back in some other way. It's something called, you know, something happens and then you, you know, you go here and then you meet that person and then you realize that person knew that person. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm doing this now, you know, it's, it's where you're vibrant. You've got it. Well, when I gave her the money and I came to that realization and said, no, I wasn't going to happen. Then my friend later that afternoon said, hey, there's a duplex open on my street. And it's an old historical street. And she, I said, well, how much do they want? And she said, well, they want 3000 for the first month and 3000 for the end. Well, I have $200. Mm. But did I say 
no, I can't go see it. Right. No. I said, sure, let me go see it. <laughs> and I thought, well, at least, you know, it'll be something to get my mind on it. So mm. we went up there and I looked around at the apartment and I thought, okay, this needs work. It's really cute, but it needs a heck of a lot of work. And so I just turned to him and I said, listen, I'll make a deal. I said, if you let me live here, I will redo this whole thing. I'll tear up the rug. I'll redo the wood floors. I will paint it. It will be so beautiful. You'll be able to rent it out for twofold. I said, but if you let me live here for two months and pay for the materials, I'll do it. And he accepted it. Wow. You don't know. Mm -hmm. You don't know. And the only thing that's holding you back is your cynicism. Mm -hmm. It's your, oh, no, that can't possibly happen. Right, yeah. right. Every day, there are little miracles happening all the time. Mm -hmm. That was a miracle, folks. Right, right, right. And you have to, you, but you have to be open. Mm -hmm. You have to take the steps forward. And, so and how did you start to connect to that, that level? How did you start to connect where you were seeing, or were you always like that? Where you started to see, look for the signs, or see the signs. Sometimes the signs are around all of us, Elena. But sometimes yes, you don't see it. You have to and then all of a sudden you think, well, why didn't I see that before? That's kind of been right there. Yeah. You know, and then I look at, you know, you look at it again, and you go, wow, yeah. Yeah. this has I been know. around all the time. Yeah, they, they are around all the time. It's like that guy who sits on the roof and said, save me, save me from the flood. And this boat comes by and he says, no, I'm waiting for God. <laughs> you know, so this, it's just like that. How do you see the signs? Well, you have to raise your vibration. You've got to get yourself out of your doldrums. You got to get yourself out of you. You got to get out of there. And, and I'm always talking about going into you, but in this instance, you got to get out of yourself because you're in the wrong, you're in the critical mind and it's eating you up. So how do you do that? Mm -hmm. you do the gratitude. And the gratitude, you know, I know everyone says, oh, and you listen to music. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm serious. You listen to music and you do the gratitude. And the gratitude is not hard, but it's taking the best from your life and moving forward from the best. That's mm -hmm. what you're doing with the gratitude because it gets you out of the criticalness. And so if you get, you write down 10, you get, you write down 10 things that really put a smile on your face that you were really thankful for. Like I wrote mm -hmm. about my boys. I thought about my big red dog licking my face. I just everything. And then I always add that I'm strong enough to do this, that I can yeah. deal. You know, I put that in there too. So you're giving me the strength. And then I'm always quiet for, oh, whatever, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever you feel good about, 15 minutes. And you just allow messages to come through. And, and you do this first in the morning? I do, and I do it last thing at night. Okay. And okay. then I send love to three people who are bothering me. And what do I mean I send love? I see them just totally engrossed in pink, loving light. Mm -hmm. Okay. So with that, if you do those three things, you're raising your vibration and you're pulling yourself into the best part of your life. And it's easier once you start doing that. And then during the day, I listen to music. Of course, I was a music major at one time. Did you sing or did you play, play did you sing? I sang, I sang opera and I uh, also, uh, then I also um, fell in love with choirs. And I did um, early music like Palestrina and um, oh. 
charity, you know. And then I also did women's choirs because I love nice. it. And nice. I could teach it, you know. I was mm -hmm. able to teach that high voice that could float. Mm -hmm. And so I love those two. But, um, but during the day, you don't have to listen to classical. You can turn on music. Just let your soul come alive with the music. And then during the day, notice three things that just make you go, oh, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like the sky or when somebody's really nice to you or you find a nickel on the ground mm -hmm. or just the way something strikes you as beautiful. Mm -hmm. Allow mm -hmm. yourself. This is starting to get yourself acquainted with the world outside mm -hmm. of yourself. And that's when you start seeing the signs. Mm -hmm. But it's absolutely tied up in that critical stuff that puts you right down in the vibration of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, Roxanne, if you are listening to a country western music station, what are you going to hear? I've just been left. Somebody probably ran me over. <laughs> I'm going to drink scotch and bourbon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. I want to hear. I want to hear flute. So I, I love the violin. So you, uh, you know. Classical music station. Yeah, so yeah. if you're in this world on this vibration of all that critical stuff, mm -hmm, guess mm -hmm. what you're gonna get? Yeah. Same thing as a country music station. Yes, yes, you of course. Music station. No, for those who like country music. No, no, no. There's a lot of good country, but I mean, you know, it's it's always it's always sometimes, you know, some kind of music. It's always that we it's a lack in the music and. Yeah, uh, there is a lack. Right. So a lot of times when I want to enlighten myself, I listen to instrumental because that way there's no singing. I just yes. listen to the instruments and that, you know, and that uh, livens me up. I listen to YouTube. <laughs> YouTube? Okay. Yeah, okay. I love YouTube and I love Seal. And yeah. uh, I'm, a, I'm old that way. Oh, yeah. I like Scripps. But I do like, I like that kind of, I like a lot of music. But I love my classical music, of course. But listen to music. There's nothing better to bring you out of yourself. Listen, listen to praise worship if that really mm -hmm. you right. mm -hmm. you know? whatever it is. Yeah. And I think it's that mindset, right? Like, I mean, to go to that mm -hmm. and after a while, yes, we all have stressors daily. I mean, I'm sure you, I'm sure you had maybe one or two today. I had maybe oh, one. No, I'm joking. Yes, yes. <laughs> There's always stuff you're juggling and There's stuff always. you're getting done. Oh, but then at the end of the day, you say, you know, what, you know, what, what kind of day did I, it was a beautiful day here in Niagara Falls. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, I spent some time with my, you know, all the, it's, it's little, it's little things that we do all the time mm -hmm. and you know, you could focus on what didn't go well. And there was a lot that didn't go well today that I'm thinking, Oh goodness. Or you could focus, like you said that, you know, and then every, it becomes your, your neural pathways just start to get momentum. And then before yeah. you know it, it's the brain kind of says, Oh, I don't like to feel like that. I want to feel right. more like that. Right. It's the status quo. And yeah. It's the start. You, you got to get your body back to the status quo. But then, you know, another thing is when you go to bed, don't take all the crap with you, mm -hmm. you know, don't, I don't, mm -hmm. you know, take a shower and cut those cords. Just feel like the water is washing away all that stuff. The right. Yucky right. Husband, the yucky boss, the kids driving you crazy, <laughs> uh, whatever, the money, the opportunity, you know, the, the job opportunity didn't work out wash it down the drain get rid of it mm -hmm. and then when you come out you're starting anew right or i i go to bed sometimes to just um subliminal uh, uh music so i oh, just yeah, put it right. on and i just before i know it i'm i'm out yeah you know? uh, so just but i think what you're saying is a routine it's like anything else right it's kind of like 
you know, if you, you can't go run a 5K if you can't walk around the block, right? You start with little little things a bit at a time. Remember, we can't take the past with us. Mm -hmm. Or we can, but we shouldn't. It's in the past. You can't fix it. Right, right. And the future, who in the heck knows what's going on? All you have is right now. Mm -hmm. And so make the most of right now. Don't take all the garbage with you. So we're excited for you to come up. So, um, so tell me, um, tell the listeners a little bit about what you're going to, what your keynote's going to be about. I may be putting you on the spot, but um, uh, just uh, so that they can, I would hope that, you know, people listening that want to connect with you would come and meet you in person. I know we're giving out a, you know, we're sending them a copy of your book. Um, They'll have the ability to, you know, have a, picture with you and and uh, myself and Brian those types of things um, so yeah. what what do, what will you be focusing on even if you can say a snippet of what what you're going to be focusing well, on we're going to be talking to a lot of entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and so when we're talking to entrepreneurs you know there are so many of us that uh, especially women uh, we we second guess ourselves we miss our opportunities and learning how to set your mindset to success Mm-hmm. I'm really going to show them how to take their their mind and learn the key components of what they need to have success in it. Mm-hmm. And it, one of them is being authentic. If you're not authentic in anything, you can't succeed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You have to, because you have to know yourself. You have to be yourself to be able to succeed. It's too much work. You spend too much putting up a facade. Think of the successful people. You know, Steve Jobs was himself. Oprah's herself. You know, and like it or not, Ellen is herself. Mm-hmm. You know, Bill Gates, you know, all his wonderful nerdiness. He's one of the brightest <laughs> men on the world, but he doesn't change. He doesn't suddenly become trying to be like Clint Eastwood. He's Bill Gates. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be authentic. But then, how, when you're authentic, how do you get yourself into that mindset? of wanting the goal, of going for it, and best of all, not backing off from it. So that's what we're going to be talking about. And not having people detract you, because oftentimes when you talk about a goal that's really big, it scares other people, and then they, their fear sets in, and then they pro- try to project it onto you. Would you agree with that? Yes, oh my gosh, yes. And yeah. that's why you don't tell everybody in the whole damn world. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just tell the people that would love you regardless of what happens with it. Well, I'm going to be talking about those key people that you talk to. And there are key people. I do not tell everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just don't. Because they'll mm-hmm. talk me out of it. When I wanted to write my book, oh my gosh, I called my boyfriend at that time. And here I'm all excited. I'm finally going to turn my journal into a book. And I'm telling him, and he says, well, have you ever done anything like that before? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, those poems, those aren't books. Yeah, really? Do you think you, you can't do this? I mean, right. yeah. I mean, that's what, and if you let yourself be dragged into that, oh my gosh, you're doomed. <laughs> now, another interesting thing is the savvy sisterhood. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about that? Because I'd like you to tell people about that. Um, and you know and then um i hope that you know again it's it sounds fascinating but i would love to the listeners to hear a bit about that well it's because during the toughest times i always had fabulous women supporting me and i've heard so many people say how women stab them in the back Mm -hmm. nonsense 
We, the, and so I decided, you know what? We are going to grow this community of strong, beautiful mm -hmm. women and women who are learning and women who value growth. And we're going to have a safe place where they can share and try really cool things and try new concepts and get to know each other and actually start bonding. And this is like no other community because this community that now is on Facebook, you go to joinsavvysisterhood.com. When you're on the Facebook, then you put in joinsavvysister.com. Okay, okay. And then you can just join. But we're starting there, but I'm going to move you over onto a site where you guys can start talking to yourself. And then we're actually planning a summit. Mm. So where you all meet in New York City. And I'm getting very top speakers there and workshops. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be affordable. And you get to see all the people you've been talking to online. But the best part about this is that you're, you're not only getting stronger, you're learning how to get strong from the special side of you because I'm teaching you in this free program, basically. It's free, by the way. And then you're also starting to see that you're not afraid of your voice. Mm -hmm. You know, so often women will stand back, even though we have the answer, we second guess ourselves and every man in the world who doesn't have the answer will be raising his hand. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. I've been, yeah. I've been there. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, or we will, we will miss our opportunity because we're, we're, we're thinking, Oh, but what if, what if, what if, what if mm -hmm. we, we, we're scared of our voice and we give ourself away all the time. And mm -hmm. so in this, we're not going to do that anymore. We're so it kind of sounds like what I was telling you about that I did with my girlfriends for years, right? Yeah. You know, we would get together and, you know, we would have wine and chocolate and hors d'oeuvres. And I don't know what we talked about, right? But, you know, and then everybody has gone through stuff, right? And it was just like, you know, it's just that, that comfort that we gave each other. We laughed and we told jokes and we ate and, you know, those types of things. So it's like taking that to a, to a different level is, yeah. is what it sounds like, exactly. which sounds amazing. Wow, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go join. Oh, you should. Oh, I, love I will. It. I will. Yeah. I can't wait to get it where we can all talk. I'm doing, I'm going to slowly get them over there. <laughs> right. And New York City, what a place to meet. My goodness. Everybody loves to go to New York. So. I have the place picked out and everything. And it's uh, awesome. Awesome. So I will go and join and then I will check out the sisterhood and then we'll, we'll figure it out from there. So Elena, this has been fantastic. I can't, I mean, I, I know we've not met in person. I, you know, I, I look forward to meeting you. I feel like I know you just from the time that we've spent together and from the special people that have introduced us uh, and the people that just, so, you're surrounded by the people from the secret. You realize that. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, how did this happen? And I'm now surrounded by the people that are surrounded by the people. The <laughs> so I'm like, okay, this is interesting. You know, I'm just watching it for what it is. And, um, you know, and I know Bob Proctor is a dear friend of yours and stuff yeah. like that. So it's, it's, it's just amazing to even, you know, to, to meet the people that are in those circles. Mm -hmm. And I hope that uh, people listening will come out and enjoy that, you know, the, the, the space that uh, you're in and the space that the others like Brian and um, Dave Phillipson are in from CEO yeah. Space and myself. Yeah. So it'll be a, it'll be a great afternoon and, a, you know, a Friday afternoon So in the summer. So it's nice to get away from the office a little bit early, come and learn some things that you can apply to yourselves and to, to your jobs. So again, Elena, thanks so much for being here. And um, we will meet you in four weeks in person. 
And so for my listeners, um, please sign up. Um, you know, there, there will be a link at the bottom. Um, it will tell you exactly a little bit more about all the speakers. It's going to be in Mississauga, um, which is obviously uh, about 15 minutes from Toronto. Um, so we look forward to having you join the Authentic Connection Movement in 2018 on June 22nd. So take care. And again, like Elena says, don't take the garbage with you. There's no room. Create, it, create it something new and special. Look around you and sometimes the smallest things that are around you are really um, the messages that uh, could make you build that new uh, perspective into creating that, that ultimate soulful life that you want. So take care uh, from Authentic Living with Roxanne and we will chat with you next week.